0: This is Talkback, 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309.
1: This is News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM. KGVO. Missoula's News and Weather Station.
2: Hey, hey, welcome everybody. It is the Wednesday, January 17th edition of Talk Back. And uh, Talk Back is brought to you this morning by Harrington Surgical Supply, where their mission remains the same, to restore confidence and comfort into your daily life. Also brought to you by Gomer's U.S. Diesel Parts. No matter how cold it gets or has been, Gomer's has everything you need to make sure your rig starts every time. Gomer's is located at Palmer and West Broadway. Also brought to you by YWest Storage. Out of the Y on Two Smokes Way. Find out if you have a, a a storage facility perfect for you. Give them a call at 406-510-0590 because at Y West they're making room for you. And by Phillips Janitorial, where they offer both residential and commercial cleaning. No job is too big or too small for Phillips. Satisfaction guaranteed. 406-260-6617. The views and
3: opinions expressed on TalkBack are not those of the staff, management, or advertisers.
2: All right, here we are, ladies and gentlemen. It is time to start TalkBack. Uh, Nick Questionson is in his assigned place right over there. Mr. Nick, good morning, sir. Good morning. All right, that's uh, he's producing TalkBack. And joining us here in the studio, the one, the only, Walt Curo. How yes, you doing? <laughs> it's
4: g- good to be here. Just made it in time. Yes, yes. So, any, any problems starting, uh, starting your car this no, morning? No, no, I don't... Uh... I've got a gasoline engine car. It it starts up. uh, And uh, I remember the good old days when I was in high school. We had carburetors on our cars back then. And winter was much more difficult in those good old days. Now, with fuel injection, you rarely have starting problems in the winter. You can have them, but that's usually related to the electrical side of things, like a dead battery. Right, right. Yeah. All
2: right. So so here we are. By the way, Walt Kiro is our our resident CPA. He's with the Kiro Byington and Associates. And here we are in January right now. And it is definitely time. I know a lot of folks have already gotten their W-2s. They're, they're getting all their tax stuff together. But they may have a few questions that they need answered Mm -hmm. before they uh, either do their own taxes or go down to the whatever the store is where they they get their taxes done. And that's why Walt is here.
4: Yes, (laughs) we aim to help and uh, address, you know, general uh, questions. And, you know, if it gets into deep into the weeds, well, uh, you know, we'll... uh, advise them as best we can and put them in the right direction. Now, let me ask you this. Well, uh,
2: Montanans were the recipients of a couple of rebate checks uh, yeah. this past year, right? Mm-hmm. One was the income tax rebate. Yep. One was the property tax rebate. Right. Okay. Now,
4: how do those affect our our income taxes? Well, for most people, it's not going to affect you uh, because uh, uh, the the best way to describe this Is in tax law, if you got a benefit from a a deduction or if you paid tax on income, if that reverses itself uh, and you got a tax benefit one way or the other, if it reverses itself, then it's income. But most people are not itemizing on their federal return. And if you don't itemize, then you're not getting a benefit from the property tax and income tax deduction. All right. And for most people, that's why it's not going to affect them. It may affect them on the Montana return in regards to the property taxes because a lot of people, most people, will be itemizing on their Montana return. But that brings up uh, one of my stack of stuff things. Uh-huh. In fact, I was going to uh, put it the last, but now I'm going to put it first. Okay, go ahead. So I didn't mean to ruin it for you. For, uh, <laughs> you know, on January 1st, a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, uh, we, we had a whole, uh, uh, several income tax changes in the state of Montana. And I think we need to be aware of them. Because they're going to be a significant change. And I think our buddy Greg Hertz was the uh, designer of this income tax change. But the Montana income tax return or your income tax is going to start with federal taxable income. So uh, that simplifies a lot of things unless legislators or the government wants more information. Uh, But if you start with federal taxable income. It 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 simplifies things. There's only going to be two rates in the tax tables: four point seven and five point nine. Uh, if you file married joint on the federal return, you're going to have to do that on the Montana return as well, and that's a whole new change uh, for most people. If you file joint on Fed, you save money by filing married separate on Montana. So that's old law. The new law is going to change that. So the new 2024 tax law eliminated a lot of tax credits. And over the decades, you got politicians that uh, introduce tax credits. And it's for this favored uh, thing, whether it's uh, recycling or whatever it happens to be. And so these credits just keep going and going and going. Uh, not too many people use them, and so you end up with a, a seven, eight, ten-page tax return with all this stuff in it. Right. So that's going to go away, and uh, there's many existing tax deductions will go away because they're already incorporated into federal taxable income. So we have wanted simplification in Montana for years. Now we have it. So going forward, our taxes in Montana will be simpler. Uh, I hope our tax software price goes down, but we'll see. (laughs)
2: All right, with that, we're up up against a break. By the way, the phone lines are open. If you have a tax question for Walt, that's exactly why he's here. Uh, Give us a call, 721-1290. All the phone lines are open at 1-800-568-5309. You can also use the KGVO app, and we'll pass
5: that message along to Walt. So back with more, and hopefully your phone calls right after this. Snow potential will be as high as 90% through Wednesday with as much as a foot of snow in the mountain passes and up to 8 inches in the valleys of northwest Montana, up to 4 inches possible in west-central Montana, mostly from Missoula North. Highs should be back in the low 20s, but with another shot of Arctic air and remaining cold in the valleys, lows will remain in the single digits and upper teens. Snow tapers off Thursday, but sub-zero wind chills return. A lesser chance of snow showers persisting through Thursday with a mix of snow and rain for the weekend.
2: Okay, we're back on Talkback, 721-1290. That's the number to call if you have a tax question for Walt Kiro from Kiro Byington and Associates. That is the reason he's here today. But he always puts together his uh, what he he lovingly calls his stack of stuff. Oh, yes. We've already
4: covered one.
2: Uh, That's of, right. Of that stack,
4: and uh, hopefully we will get some calls in. But I realize it's early. It is early. Oh, it's it? early. But the the first thing on my stack was taxpayer bill of rights. It protects all taxpayers, even you, Peter, <laughs> <laughs> year round. Or you're assuming I pay yeah. taxes. Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, yeah. <laughs> you know I pay uh, taxes. Yeah, I know you do. But I'll <laughs> let you say that. Okay. Anyway, yeah, yeah. the taxpayer bill of rights. Yeah, uh, was a creature in law that was created probably twenty, thirty years ago, but it's it's gotten refined over the years, and it's kind of like a fine wine now. But here are there's ten of them, and I'll go through them because I found a document from the IRS that's really kind of slick. Let me see. Let me see if I can
2: if I can remember the first one, the number one. All right. Taxpayer Bill of Rights. You are allowed to whine and complain about your taxes whenever you feel like it.
4: (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of sort of like that, but not quite. (laughs) OK. The first right right. is you have uh, as a taxpayer and assuming you're a taxpayer, you have a right to be informed. So what does be informed mean? You need you have the right to know what to do to comply with the law. Number two, quality service. The right to receive prompt, courteous and professional assistance when working with the IRS. Now, in the last few years, because of COVID and uh, all kinds of issues related to COVID, uh, the the quality of the service has been suspect. Uh, It's getting better, but just how much better? You know, it's good that they opened up that Missoula field office. Right. You know, because, uh, you know, uh, without that, you're at the mercy of the phone or a computer or, oh, it's and, it's just not efficient. And Father Time himself, too. That's because, right. Yeah. So, anyway. Here's a good one. This is why I exist, is pay no more than the correct amount of tax. Well, the term correct is a loaded word when you're dealing with complex law. But you have to... Uh, exercise your due diligence out there, taxpayers, is if you don't know something that's affecting your taxes, it's incumbent upon you to get knowledgeable about that. In other words, uh, do your duty to yourself, and if, if you have a question about something, ask. There's ask a, somebody. There's an old adage, ignorance of the law is no excuse. <laughs> right. right. And especially when it affects your pocketbook. Right. You know, it affects your wallet. So- Take care with regards to that. You have the right as a taxpayer to challenge the IRS's position and to be heard. And that's important. That's really important. You also have a right to appeal an IRS decision in an independent forum. Well, it's not true that the uh, IRS appeals division is independent. They try to get it as independent as possible, but those people get, still get their paychecks from the IRS. And so uh, it, it's, it's in name only that it's independent, but it, it is a place to get heard. Another good right, you have the right as a taxpayer of finality. In other words, when you're done with this episode with the IRS, you have the right to know when the IRS is finished with an audit and they've done their thing. Right. Rather than having something in suspense for years and years, like the FBI monitoring people for years and years. Okay. As a taxpayer, you have a right to privacy. And the right to expect that any IRS audit, inquiry, exam, or enforcement action will comply with the law and be more no more intrusive than necessary. Mm-hmm. That's a hard one, but it's there. Confidentiality, you as a taxpayer have the right to, be, to expect that any information you provide the IRS is not going to go elsewhere. That it, that it will not be disclosed unless authorized by you as a taxpayer. We 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 are actually up against a break, but we have Denise and
2: Ed. We still have two two more rights to go through, but anyway, we're gonna yeah. come right we're gonna come right back and get uh, the calls from Denise and Ed. That's why Walt is here is to answer your questions. We'll be right back and get those folks on the phone right after this. Healthy life. All right, crew, let's get her dug.
0: Honey, you wanna give me a hand? I'm planting that tree, remember?
2: No matter how large or small electric, communication cables, and water and sewer lines. So before you do this, or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811, brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. Did you
6: receive a call or message that mentioned social security and demanded immediate action? Did the caller know your social security number or other personal information and tell you that your social security number had been used in connection with the crime? Did you feel worried that your social security number might be suspended, your bank account might be frozen or seized, or you could be arrested? That is not the social security administration. Social security will not threaten you, demand your personal information or instant payment, email or text you pictures or documents, or use a real government official's name to gain your trust. Social Security does not accept payments by gift card, prepaid debit card, internet currency, or by mailing cash. Criminals use these forms of payment because they are hard to trace. Do not be fooled. Hang up. Ignore them. Report this criminal activity to the Social Security Administration Office of the Inspector General at OIG. Dot ssa.gov
1: produced at U.S. taxpayer expense and
2: we are back on Talkback Walt Kuro our guest here in the studio this morning and we're talking uh, income taxes and all that good stuff we have folks waiting on the line Denise is first Denise good morning and thanks for holding you're on with Walt Hi Denise
1: Good morning thank you gentlemen for taking my call I have a question about the form 1099 Okay for, for the sale of a camper trailer, what is a person supposed to do with that form come April fifteenth or before?
4: Okay, uh, you're, uh, are you selling this camper trailer? Yes. Okay. Um, and
1: the person that's buying it is is getting a loan to buy it.
4: Sure, sure, uh, uh, that's fine. The, the concept of Form 1099 is to report income. Now, income from the sale of a trailer, it, it depends on the trailer, but is this trailer licensed or does it have registration on it? Yes. Okay. In that case, it's, it's a piece of Montana uh, uh, personal property, and if it's registered, uh It's you know it's it's like you're selling a used car, and uh, to my knowledge, I've never seen anybody fill out a 1099 for the sale of a car. If you were uh, a mechanic and uh, uh, or you paid a mechanic that was not incorporated, and you paid somebody for services, say like attorneys or. Whatnot, you 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 know that's when a 1099 is required. Uh, Yeah, uh, banks and uh, brokerage houses they report interest and dividend income if it's more than ten dollars in a year on on 1099 form. And if you sell a stock or a bond, uh, uh, the proceeds are reported. Also on a 1099. So that's the general area. Uh, Has somebody told you you needed to do a 1099?
1: Um, Yes, the bank that the buyer is going through uh, is having having the seller fill out the 1099
4: for this sale. Okay, well, you could you know i'm not saying you have to but you could report that sales proceeds if it was $5000 on miscellaneous income but the danger with filling miscellaneous income if you don't fill it out properly you will treat it as it can be treated as self-employment income and so if you ever uh, get messed up with a 1099 that talks about non-employee comp or uh, things like that. Not only do you pay income tax on it, but you pay Social Security. You want to avoid that because there's no Social Security tax needed on the sale of a piece of personal property. It's it's done when you're in a business and you're getting fees for services and compensation for services and that kind of thing. So uh, you could use a 1099 if the bank wants it. Yeah, so be it. You can fill one out and give it to them. Uh, a, a copy. Where could she, where can she get one? Oh, where can you get? I, yeah, that's a good question. You can get them from us, but you can get them from online too. I think you can get them okay. from the IRS online. Uh, but I, you know, I don't I don't deal with those things on a day to day basis, other than to, to have clients get them and then fill out your tax return from that information. Uh, yeah, sure. most of the 1099s that I deal with come from banks, brokerage houses like D.A. Davidson and Merrill Lynch, those things. Uh, so, but if you need a 1099 form, if you're required to fill one out and file it with the IRS, it sounds like that this mortgage company or the creditor uh, lending agency on this is requiring it. There's also a form. It's called 1096. 1096 is what they call a remittal form, and that form goes with the 1099, and you send that to the IRS as well. The state of Montana wants a copy. You need to have a copy, and then uh, the bank or the creditor will need to have a copy. So there's a whole bunch of copies needed once you go down that path.
1: Okay. So, uh, my final question would be um, the bank has this form already in the, in the package, the sale package. Mm-hmm. And uh, once that form is filled out, then it is up to the bank to do something with that. For tax yeah. Purposes, yeah. Now, that if this be? was
4: a piece of real estate, uh, there's a form 1099 S, as in Sam. And uh, a lot of times the closing agent will fill that out on behalf of a seller, and then those uh, are uh, submitted by the closing agents uh, to the IRS once a year when they're, you know, done with the year. And so if that's the form they're talking about, that would make sense. But that is usually applicable to real estate and not personal property like a camping trailer. But if that's what they want, you know, you can give it to them. But it sounds like this closing agency or the bank is going to fill that for you. Okay. Okay.
1: All right, thank you so much. Okay, what a Denise. Great, uh, discussion. Good luck. Okay. Bye-bye. Good luck. Thanks yep. for the
2: call. Hey, we're up against. Uh, let, let, let's get Ed's call. He's been waiting uh, a long time. So let's go ahead and get his call in, and we'll answer when we, when we come back from the break. Ed, go ahead. What's on your mind, sir?
7: Hey, well uh, Hi, Ed. I want to go back to the back to the future here and talk about uh, the upcoming uh, next year, uh, 2024 returns. I understand that you got to be homogeneous. With respect to uh, filing status, whatever you use on the Fed, you got to use that same filing status on uh, on the state. Yeah, but uh, What about the de- d- deduction method? Are they still going to allow you to uh, do a standard deduction on the Fed and uh, itemize on the state? Because that saves us about thirteen hundred dollars per year uh, being able to do
4: that. You know, to you itemize know? on Montana.
7: Yeah, and uh, take the standard deduction, which is big, uh, on uh, the, the Fed.
2: Right. Um, tell you what, we're actually up against a break, so we're going to continue this conversation. Ed, we're going to hang on to you. Uh, we're going to come right back after this quick timeout, and uh, well, we'll get uh, Walt's answer. And the phone lines are open, by the way. If you have a tax question, the time to call is now.
5: Uh, Walt is here until 10 o'clock this morning, Seven two 1290 We'll be right back. Snow potential will be as high as 90% through Wednesday with as much as a foot of snow in the mountain passes and up to 8 inches in the valleys of northwest Montana, up to 4 inches possible in west-central Montana, mostly from Missoula north. Highs should be back in the low 20s, but with another shot of Arctic air and remaining cold in the valleys, lows will remain in the single digits and upper teens. Snow tapers off Thursday, but sub-zero wind chills return. A lesser chance of snow showers persisting through Thursday with a mix of snow and rain for the weekend.
2: Okay, we're back on TalkBack. 721 is our number. Okay, we have Ed on the line, and let's continue on.
4: Go ahead, Walt. Okay, Ed, I think I have a good answer to your question. Because yeah. they're going to start with federal taxable income, by default, they're going to take and use the federal standard deduction. Or if you itemize on the federal, you'll use that same itemization. So they have uh swiftly simplified things because you won't be itemizing on Montana technically. You would be if you itemize on the federal because you're going to start with federal taxable income. Is that confusing as as I can get? Yeah, the standard deduction for Montana I think is about 10,000
7: per year. Yep. Uh about 10,000 and my Montana itemized deductions is about twenty nine. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to take a hit. So about $1, uh, $1, I, I not
4: much, Ed, because you'll be using the federal standard deduction on Montana. When they say, uh, okay, okay,
7: yeah, yeah. oh, yeah.
4: that's okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're you're not going to get hurt by this. Plus, they drop the 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 tax rates. So uh, I look at this as uh, simplification and hopefully, for most people, uh, uh, a smaller tax.
7: Okay. Thanks a lot, Walt.
4: Okay. You bet, Ed. I I can hear the sigh of relief all the way from here.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for the call, Ed. All right. So uh, Jeff is up next. Jeff, good morning. You're on with Walt Kiro. Go ahead, sir. Hi, Jeff. Hey, hey, good morning, gents.
8: Um, I was, I guess, pleasantly surprised. I didn't realize that that... Um, tax reform that the last legislature passed, including this simplification. So that's absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Regarding the Taxpayer Bill of Rights, um, I lived in Colorado when Douglas Bruce, a legislator down there, um, introduced to the legislature and they passed a Colorado Taxpayer Bill of Rights. And that has... That's different than the list you were uh, reading from. It was actually a uh, a constitutional amendment, Colorado constitutional amendment that uh, limited um, uh, 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 or made the tax burden to Coloradans less than any other state in the union. It it completely restricts it, and uh, and here's what it, it requires a vote of the people within a state or local government taxing district to approve any increase in taxes for that district. Mm -hmm. So you have to have the people approve it, whether it's a property tax or anything, the people have to approve it. And it also limits the ability of the state or local government taxing districts revenue to grow over time. So it puts a limit on the rate of growth. And in a typical bureaucrat form, they say that it 's caused a reduction in spending when what it 's done is reduced the rate of growth in Colorado yeah um, and any surplus that 's generated has to be returned to the people you can 't keep the money in reserve, and we saw that with the last um, the last surplus that we had, it was what about 2.5 billion. And there was somewhere between 900 million and a billion dollars returned to people. But the government kept the rest of it, either in reserve or for additional spending. So I say all that to ask you this question. Do you see any effort by anybody Greg Hertz, or um, any of the other uh, fiscal conservatives in the Montana legislature to introduce a, a, amendment similar to this, I realized the probability that the Supreme Court would just drank it down It's unconstitutional, kind of but uh, uh, at least we could make the effort do you see any of that
4: oh oh okay Jeff uh, back when uh, the Colorado law got changed, Montana tried to copycat it Now, I'm going for memory which isn't the best of things but uh, yeah, uh, they tried they tried at that time and and uh, it was I think Uh, A consensus was that it was felt that it would be contrary to the Montana Constitution. But uh, in principle, I agree with it because the taxpayers and the citizens need to have a club that they can use to beat up on people who want to spend their money, which makes all the sense in the world, doesn't it? Absolutely. And and that's the uh,
8: point I want to make about this is that Colorado has changed drastically in the ensuing 30 years. I mean, uh, uh, the legislature does not begin to resemble the legislature that was there when I moved there in 1989. Um, the, the state has become gone from something of a purple state leaning blue uh, to a deeply red state. I mean, they're they're, uh, they're in worse financial shape than a lot of other states. They're, they're, they resemble a coastal state, <laughs> New York and California, in terms of some of the things that they're going through. Uh, uh-huh. But I was just hoping that uh, that we might be able to do something like that here, because I mean, it was it is like you said, it's a club. You know, the the legislature now wants to. Uh, raise limits, but they have to amend the constitution now to do it mm-hmm. and uh and that's a difficult road a road to hoe even uh even for the the current uh state legislature there so yeah i'm just no I'm just,
4: uh would well that'd like be a good question to ask I, I uh, uh, uh 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 mr hertz see if uh, if yeah, there's I any think interest I will, in actually. that What's that?
8: I think I will. I just I just want to know if you had if had heard anything about it.
4: Yeah, I, I'm just going from you know that happened like 20 30 years ago, and I think we attempted to do it, but uh, you know Montana and its Supreme Court, it's uh, almost like Colorado Supreme Court that it's you know inundated with. Uh, Whatever you want to call it, <laughs>
8: well,
4: I, I would actually I think
8: Rob Nadelson would say that it's worse. We have the worst supreme Court in in the union that uh, that we have worth being the most overturned. and he said even overturned by itself, they will right. issue opposing opinions depending on what uh, who who's bringing the case before them right. if they're, they're they're sympathetic to the people, they will do that, and if they're not. They'll uh, call it unconstitutional.
2: So, Jeff, we got to take a break. Thanks, thanks, hey, for the, thanks th- th- for the call, Jeff. Hey, hey, Thank you, Appreciate it, ma'am. And that leaves leaves all of our phone lines open. If you have a tax question for Walt Kiro, he's here to answer it. That's why he's here today. Seven two one twelve ninety is our number. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Carson Cressley. Of all the resources in the world, kindness is the most precious. For more than 140 years, American Humane has been working to protect animals in disasters, on farms, on the silver screen, and in zoos and aquariums caring for the world's vanishing creatures. You can help, too, by making humane choices every day. Visit AmericanHumane.org for simple ways to build a more caring and compassionate world for all of us. Okay, welcome back to Talk Mac. 721-1290 is our number. All of our phone lines are open if you have a question or a comment for Walt Cura, a resident CPA from Cura Byington & Associates. Uh, Walt and I just were kicking around a second ago. Uh, property taxes have... <laughs> escalated dramatically uh in in the last year or so as everybody knows uh, a lot of the news and hubbub has gone on for the last six months or so and so my my question is tax-wise how is that going to affect us uh, are we going to get a, a higher deduction
4: because we paid more or how does that work well for personal residences uh you and on your personal return you take the higher of either itemizing your deductions or taking the standard deduction that's what ed was talking about so what's what's the standard deduction okay the standard deduction is what they give you just for kicks or for (laughs) convenience or no that's that's the a deduction that the uh tax laws have introduced it's standard everybody gets it Okay. And so the alternative to that is you itemize. Let's say you're very philanthropic and, and you give uh, charities a million dollars a year. Well, there's, you know, th- that's itemizing. When you take specific deductions and itemize them, Okay, and if that total is more than the standard deduction, and right now the federal standard deduction, and now because of the Montana law change, for married couple it's gonna be around twenty eight twenty nine thousand dollars, so if your property tax went from ten to fifteen thousand, you know if that was your only itemized deduction, you're still gonna take the standard okay okay, good to know yeah, okay,
2: so. There you go, folks. All, all of you who are wondering, sitting out there uh, in the car, saying, well, what about my property taxes? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How's that going to affect my, affect my income tax return right. or refund, for right. that matter?
4: Uh, Jeff brought up a good point because Colorado has a uh, taxpayer bill of rights law. Montana does. The one I've been reading this morning is the federal. Okay. Now, the federal uh, bill of rights is pretty much statutory. In other, in other words, Congress. Put a law together to to implement the taxpayer bill of rights. Uh, Colorado, uh, Jeff would probably know more than I would. They they may have gone beyond just having a law for it. It might be part of their constitution. I think it is, and that gives it a lot more meat. In other words, the bureaucrats just they don't have as much opportunity to dance around those limitations. All right. Now, okay. The, the other question about
2: property taxes is uh, Nick's a renter. A lot of folks who work here are renters. Uh, what kind of uh, advantages or disadvantages is, are they uh, are they in right now? Uh, when income tax time comes around, what kind of things can they deduct?
4: Well, uh, if you're just paying purely pure rent for uh, uh, personal reasons, it's not deductible. Okay. Now, yeah, on, the, on the other hand... If they have a recording studio in their home and they're freelancing and they have a business in there, then you can take a portion of that rent and whatnot for, uh, you know, your office and home expense. Aha. Okay. Okay. Ah, that'll teach you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, phone lines are open, by the way. If you have a a tax question, that's why Walt is here. Uh, To answer it, uh, 721-1290 is our number, 1-800-568-5309. And, of course, we always like to let folks know that the KGVO app is available. Yes. And uh, the more people that download that app, the better it is for everybody because it's so much easier to, to stay in contact with us. And uh, when we have shows like this, you can simply use the app and the message us button rather than trying to fiddle with the phone to uh, call in your questions. So, yeah, pretty
4: simple. You can say Walt said what? Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
4: OK, so let's continue on. Well, what else? OK, did you have there were in your two, stack? Uh, two items left from uh, the yes. federal taxpayer bill of rights I didn't get to. You as a taxpayer have the right to be. Uh, represented by an authorized person, say like myself, because I'm a CPA right. and I'm registered with the IRS. They got more numbers on me than you'd <laughs> care to believe. And, uh, yeah, they, in fact, that I might as well say they have a thing called a central authorization file number. I have one of those, and most tax preparers have one of those. The, I also have a personal identification number, a, a, a taxpayer uh, – tax prep identification number. So besides my Social Security number, I got a P10 and and uh, uh, the, other, the other number. Anyway, yeah, it's yeah. just every time I get a power of attorney for a client, I've got to install all those numbers because they all tie together. And if everything matches up and the stars and the moon are all in alignment <laughs> – they'll let me talk to them. <laughs> so, all right. Give us a call. By the way, fo- yeah, it looks like
2: phone lines ringing. 7211290 we're going to come right back. Take a quick commercial break and we'll get uh, that call on and several other phone lines are open. That's 7211290. We're coming right back after this. Okay, 7211290 is our number of course. I'm Peter Christian to questions and producing Talk Back this morning. Walt Caro, our resident CPA here in the studio, and we have Mike waiting on the line. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Hi Mike. Oh, uh, good morning, guys.
4: I'm good. How about you guys? All right. It's warming up. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What's up? Yeah, that's good. Hey, I am um, at
8: retirement age, and I'm thinking about getting on Medicare. But I pay in to my employer, I have a health savings account. Yeah. And I'm told that I have to quit putting into that health savings account six months Prior to I go on Medicare or I get a a fine or a tax on that, do you know what's going on
4: there? Yeah, uh, uh, it's just the law, and it's unfortunate because there's a tremendous amount of people out there, including myself, that would love to contribute to a health savings account, but the minute you're on Medicare... Uh, that's a fait accompli, and you are no longer allowed to contribute. If you have an existing HSA, you can spend the money out of it as long as you spend it on medical, and you won't create any tax consequence. So, uh, but, uh, you know, I'm not sure, uh, Mike, I'm not... has up on this is perhaps i could be but uh i'm not aware of the six months ahead of time i thought it was once you started on medicare that uh, you would trip the trigger and 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 not have the ability to uh fund an hsa that uh that's above my wheelhouse on that question i oh, could okay. dig out well, the answer don't... but i don't know it oh no
8: you're fine it's um I'm get. i I'm told I get taxed on the money I put into that HSA. Uh, say I quit in a month. So I have five months putting money into that
4: HSA. I get taxed on that money. But you mm. don't know what that tax is? Well, they would just treat it as uh, ordinary income and just include it with your okay. uh, other income. And so you just uh, okay. take that uh take that as a tax, but normally, uh, uh, y- yeah, they're saying, okay, so you put it in there. In theory, you got a deduction for it when you put the money in. So if you get the money back for that five, six-month time period, uh, yeah, I you know, I don't know on that because I haven't had that question okay. before.
8: <laughs> okay, no big deal. Okay. Know, but I'm also told... When I get on Medicare, then I go into a flexible spending account with my employer just to so let you know learn. So so yeah. It's just regular income tax on what I put in my HFA, then that's good enough for me. So,
4: yeah, Mike, already. does your employer have an HR department? I'm sorry, say that again. Do they have an HR, Human Resource Department? Yes. If yeah. they do, if they are talking, the ones that would have. be the most knowledgeable about this question. Okay. Yeah.
8: She uh, told me about
4: it. My, um, my HR lady. Yeah. But I um, just wonder how, yeah, uh, it, it, it's, it's like a uh, uh, this tax or something, but yeah, this question comes up sure. a lot because there is uh, the tax consequences of having a plan like an HSA or 401k or, you know, whatever it happens to be, there's an income tax consequence, but then there's also a, 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 a you know, a, procedure consequence and some of the questions you're asking me mike are in those procedural things and they're usually addressed by what they call third party administrators so like your employer may have an hsa but if their hr department is uh doesn't exist or whatnot they usually farm that responsibility out to what they call a third-party administrator. And around here, Allegiance does that a lot. You know, there's quite a few. And so there's plenty of resources that would help you on those questions. I'm just not the best. Okay. Okay?
8: No, you're fine. That's that's not a problem. Well, thank you for uh, excuse me.
4: Thank you
2: for your time. and You guys have a good day. You, you bet. bet. Good luck, Mike, and happy retirement. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate the call. All right, phone lines are wide open now. We have about a minute before we have to take our hard break at the top of the hour. But uh, hey, this has been a great first hour, and yeah. so lots of folks getting their questions answered. I think you should be next. Uh, give us a call 721-1290 is our number. We'll get you in in the queue. So at uh, at nine o three when we <laughs> we get out of the uh, fox news, you'll be first in line. So if you have a tax question, this is the time. Again, the number is 721 or 1-800-568-5309. And again, we always like to include the KGBO app in there because it is very, very important. Um, if you have that in your phone, that means if you if you travel, if you're uh, maybe going to Florida on vacation or whatever, and you want to check in on TalkBack, just use the KGVo app you can l- use the listen live button then here is wherever you might be all over the world and so that's, uh, that's a pretty cool part because yeah. even though we talk really loud <laughs> it doesn't get that far out of the missoula valley without mm-hmm. without the without the uh, kgbo app so if you haven't downloaded that i certainly hope that you will all right. So we, we have uh, Fox News on the way here in just a minute. By the way, light snow falling in western Montana. We're supposed to have, I think, between one and four inches today. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. But it sure beats being really, really cold. Yeah. So we'll be right back after the top of the hour. So please stay with us. This is
0: Talkback. 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309.
1: This is News Talk KGVO. AM 1290 and 98.3 FM. KGVO. Missoula's News and Weather Station. Hey,
2: welcome back to Talk Back. Talk Back this morning is brought to you by Gomer's U.S. Diesel Parts. No matter how cold it gets, Gomer's has just what you need to make sure your rig starts every time. They're located at Palmer and West Broadway. That's Gomer's U.S. Diesel Parts. Y-West Storage out at the Y on Two Smokes Way. If you need to know if there's a, a, a storage unit available for you, call 406- 510-0590 because of Y-West. They're making room for you. Also brought to you by Phillips Janet Residential and commercial cleaning with no job too big or small, your satisfaction 100% guaranteed. Their number 406 260 6617 and by Harrington Surgical Supply, where you can feel confident in Harrington Surgical Supply's discreet and knowledgeable guidance on a multitude of products and medical supplies. The views and opinions expressed
3: on TalkBack are not those of the staff, management, or advertisers.
2: Welcome back, everybody. Glad to have you along. Nick Christianson, right over there producing TalkBack. I'm Peter Christian. Walt Kiro here in the studio. Uh, a resident CPA from Kiro Byington and & Associates. And Susan called in during the break and has been holding patiently. Good morning, Susan. Hi, Susan. Hey
4: there. Okay, I need to pick your brain.
9: Okay. Um If someone purchased um annuities and investments over their lifetime and doesn't remember where they are and doesn't have any idea which, which bank they had savings accounts in and then has died, where would their heirs go to look for accounts that may or may not exist?
4: Okay, that's, that's a good question. It comes up uh, well, once or twice a year in my office. Is how to best go about that? What I direct uh, uh, the person that asked me that question, I say, well, look at prior year's tax returns. And so if there's interest in dividend income included in the tax return, say like it's a, a, a brokerage account from Schwab, uh, You know, that will give you an idea that there's bank accounts or investment or brokerage accounts uh, to investigate. And so that's I I start with the tax return. And in a way, it's kind of like working backwards. It's the reverse function of preparing a return. So you start with a return and then work backwards. That's the first step. The second step is to, uh, uh, if, if you don't have a tax return, especially recent years tax returns, uh, then I would uh, contact uh, somebody like myself or find out if you, if you're the PR for an estate, to contact the IRS and try to get an income transcript from the prior years. And I do this all the time for people who haven't filed in years. I can get a power of attorney, file it with the IRS, and then access their computers. And then I can find out what income has been reported to the IRS. And so that's that's a second good step. The third step is then you have to turn into Chief Inspector Clouseau. <laughs> and then you just you, you just start going around, and and uh, it's trial and error method. No, may I, may
2: I assume? And forgive me for interrupting. Would it be possible if you if you had that person's social security
4: number that they'd be able to find certain things through that? Oh, yeah. But that's the functionary of doing the power of attorney. Right. right. Yeah, we would need that. And yeah, the uh, there are private investigators that you can hire if you have a social security number, because that gives them a lot of information with which they can help you. So that's that's another, that's a good idea, using a private investigator.
9: Is there a government agency that keeps track of abandoned accounts that, um, you know, have not been used for a long time or um, annuities or um, CDs that haven't been touched or used for a long time that you can go to and, where do you
4: go for okay, that okay first first um I'll, I'll just mention the state of montana and every state has a uh, what they call an abandoned property department and you can go to okay. that and uh, i think it was ed or somebody else is saying hey you know the montana department of revenue issues uh, uh listings every so often of people that have abandoned property and uh So I would go to uh, the state of Montana, the Department of Revenue, and go into their abandoned property section. The second item that I would look at, you keep mentioning the word annuities. Annuities are an insurance company product. And if you know the company that issued the annuity, that would be a good place to go uh, start from, especially if you have authority uh, uh, for the person that has, has the annuity that's the owner and the annuitant. So does okay. that help? Yeah, no,
9: that's, that gives me a good starting point for, for a relative. Okay. Thank you.
2: Yeah. Good luck. Thanks, Susan. Appreciate the call. Good, yeah. good to talk with you. Ed is up next. Ed, Ed is back. Ed, good morning. You're on talkback. Go ahead, sir. Hi, Ed.
7: Yeah, I'm just uh, going about what, what Wal just said. I found for myself three unclaimed properties in the amounts of one penny, 46 cents, and $152 uh, by going to the state website. So I'd say go to that website, and if they lived in any other state, uh, go to their uh, websites and look up unclaimed property. You mm-hmm. might find some. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good,
2: Ed. Thanks. Appreciate the call. And with yep. that, we're up against our first break of the hour. And that means all of our phone lines are clear. Uh, tax questions, this is the place for them today. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, if you're, if you're just, you know, proactive, I, ne- I realize you have till April 15th, right? But uh, mm-hmm. if you're proactive like I am, and, and, and you want to make sure you get your taxes done on time, uh, and you have questions, this is the place to call. 721-1290,
5: and, and Walt is the guy to answer this. We'll be right back after this quick time out. You want the best snow potential will be as high as 90 percent through Wednesday with as much as a foot of snow in the mountain passes and up to eight inches in the valleys of northwest Montana, up to four inches possible in west central Montana, mostly from Missoula North. Highs should be back in the low 20s, but with another shot of Arctic air and remaining cold in the valleys, lows will remain in the single digits and upper teens. Snow tapers off Thursday, but sub-zero wind chills return. A lesser chance of snow showers persisting through Thursday with a mix of snow and rain for the weekend. Hey, we're back. This is Talk Back. Seven two one twelve
2: ninety is our number. And uh, let's get right back to the phones. Cody, Rena, and Charlie are all waiting to talk with Walt Carrow, our resident CPA. Cody, good morning. Hi, Cody. Yeah,
0: good morning, Walt. Hey, uh, I got a question. I'm, we're, I'm trying to keep – a lot of people who listen know I, comp- I call and complain all the time about losing my house to taxes. And uh, we're now trying to keep my dad from losing his house to taxes – he was part of a program years ago where, uh, I think it was Missoula aging services. Someone came to help him three days a week. Mm -hmm. They would do things, clean his house, mow his yard, various things in COVID. They couldn't get anybody to work. They couldn't get anybody to do this service anymore. And, uh, so after, so I, so I took over, I I do everything for him. I, I mean, everything for him. And, uh, uh, they eventually, after about a year and a half, they send a letter saying, well, obviously, you don't need our help since you haven't been requesting our help. <laughs> and, okay, so that's because I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. But the, I, I spend a small fortune on, on him, uh, I, you know, and I'm wondering if if I register as a caregiver or something, am I able to uh, write those taxes off? Am I able to get a tax break for those expenses? And how would that, how
4: would that be done? You know, uh, it gets into a sticky wicket. Just if you don't, uh, cross your T's and dot your I's, the answer is no. In some cases you might be able to, if your father became a dependent of yours and you were able to claim him as a dependent on your tax return. In other words, there's some qualifications, there's a five part test and, uh, you know, that, that whole five part test is full of manholes and sinkholes and you name it. But if, if your father qualified as a dependent, then you would be able to, you know, treat his, his care has, uh, uh, an itemized medical deduction. Uh, yeah, I would advise that you get a doctor's letter. It says he requires 24 seven supervision and, uh, but the thing is, is if he pays you, then it's going to be compensation to you, and then you have a tax problem.
0: No, he doesn't pay me a pay. In fact, I, I have to do this because he doesn't have the money to pay.
4: Right, to pay me right. Or anyone else. Yeah, but I, I'm just saying if. And so, uh, but yeah, if you're paying for stuff out of pocket, he's a dependent, then you can claim those medical expenses. If but you itemize. Again, it's exactly. if you itemize. Uh, Cody.
0: Okay, thank you. Thanks for the call, okay. Cody.
4: Appreciate it. All right, up
2: next is Rena. Rena, thanks for holding. You're on with Walt Caro Go ahead, please.
1: Thanks. Hi. Um, I am wondering if anyone has. I haven't heard it. Uh, if anyone has asked about the uh, the rebate, the property tax rebate for six seventy five, if will that be taxed?
4: Oh, okay. Um, Well, you must have got off or not not heard when Peter asked the question. That was almost out of the (laughs) shoe. But, um, uh, Rita, here's what happens. If you uh, uh, did not get a tax benefit from the property tax bill that you paid and then it gets refunded to you, then it's not taxable. And where that happens a lot is on your federal tax return. You know, 80, 90 percent of the people out there nowadays just take the standard deduction on the federal return. If that's your case, then that property tax rebate is not a taxable event. It may become if you got a tax benefit from itemizing and getting a tax benefit from that property tax deduction. uh, You know, I wish it was simpler, but it's not. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Thanks, anyway. And and the same thing happens with your income tax thing. It's, I, you know, if you got a benefit and it reverses itself, then it's a taxable event, or, you know, the reverse. So, you know, most people don't know, but it's a problem because you don't know if you got a benefit. And I'm trying to explain the, the, the factors that are involved with, well, did I get a benefit or not? So... Yeah, it's it's not simple. Now, what, what, won't the state send us send us a note saying, "Hey, uh, uh,
2: you need to declare this on your taxes"? Or well,
4: what? Th- they may issue that as a ten ninety nine. Right. But again, you got to go through all that. Oh, my my tax software creates three four pages <laughs> just devoted to whether or not you got a tax benefit. Wow. Oh yeah. Wow is yeah. Yes. I wish okay, it were well, simpler. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay, Rita. Sorry, I, I, I hear the smile
2: in her voice. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get uh, Charlie up next. Hey, Charlie, uh, give us a. Uh, yeah, give, by the way, give us a call. Phone lines are open at seven one twelve ninety. Charlie, good morning. Good morning.
3: Hey, well, this concerns uh, ten ninety nine, and uh, back. I think it was last year they were going to raise the uh, six hundred dollar limit that you could make up to. I think they were going to raise it to fifteen hundred or whatever it yep. was, but then mm-hmm. they they rescinded that decision. So in, in the meantime, I uh, I subcontract for um, a couple of different shops in town, and we were putting a bid together. And the guy that was putting the bid in, uh, he said, "Well, I'm going to throw in an extra thousand dollars for myself if you don't mind." I said, "I don't care. You know, if we get the bid, then fine." So the deal was I was going to pay him $500 uh, in 2023 and then $500 this year mm-hmm. so that uh, I wouldn't have to 1099 him. Yeah. Well, my uh, accountant sent me uh, uh, the form or the uh, list of requirements uh, for that uh, money. Mm-hmm. And I'm being told that I need to uh, give the guy a 1099 and he's telling me I don't want a 1099 you can keep the other $500 just don't 1099 me. So what does <laughs> that mean to me? Wow.
4: Oh, okay. Well, Charlie, there's about six or seven different issues that are popping up in my mind from your your discussion here. First, that uh, if you know there was a call earlier about the sale of a piece of personal property if you sell stuff on ebay and on the internet the irs had a a a rule that if that was more than six hundred dollars you have to file a 1099 k's and kangaroo form but because Mm -hmm. there was so much uh consternation and trouble with that the IRS uh has postponed they deferred their decision on requiring the 1099k from these online sellers you know individuals so okay. so for 2024 it's going to become a problem but The last I heard on that particular issue, the IRS is going to start requiring the 1099-Ks for amounts uh, if you sold above $5,000. I am sensing in your discussion uh, on the radio that your payment to this person is for services and not the sale of a product. Now uh you know if you're a, a building contractor, or an electrician, and you have a sub and you're paying that sub uh, that ten ninety nine as far as I know, is only required if you pay that person more than six hundred dollars. So if you pay' them per contract five hundred this year and five hundred next year, there shouldn't be a requirement for a ten ninety nine okay. That's kind of what
3: we were uh you know banking on mm-hmm. that it would be well, how would my accountant uh um account for that money? would oh. it be like miscellaneous
4: well, uh, it's still a business deduction because you paid it
3: right you know? okay, okay, but I don't have to send them a ten ninety nine You shouldn't
4: have to not in those particular okay. circumstances now, if you were paying this person interest for like a loan they lent you money and you paid them $500 for interest yeah the 1099s for interest and dividends kick in at 10 bucks so, wow. <laughs> so 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 you you would have to do a 1099 in that case but you're i'm not sensing that that's what the, this payment is for
3: no it's nothing like that it was more or less kind of like a finder's fee you uh-huh. know he he found the job and i gave him a you know a little chip off the top sure kind of thing a commission so, oh, yeah, yeah there you go but
4: uh, even a commission is still subject to the $600 rule
3: right oh, okay but but i'm safe as far as because it was only $500 like yeah, I said you're know, just be. trying to get yeah. in under the radar
4: all right yeah well one thing charlie just is it's just it gets into the weeds here but let's say you contracted with this person that you were going to pay him the $1000 and uh, that person had a right to receive it, and it was non-revocable. In some cases, then you would have be paying him $1,000 in this year and not next year. But the way you structured it, you should be okay. Charlie, thanks great.
2: thanks for the call, buddy. Appreciate it. We're going to come right back seven two one twelve ninety is our number. All of our phone lines are open. By the way, have a question a tax question for Walt? That's why he's here. He does a great job, and uh, so the phone lines open at seven two one twelve ninety. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to Talk Back. Walt Kuro here is our in in the studio with us from Kuro Byington and Associates, our resident CPA, Nick Rosternson taking your phone calls. I'm Peter Christian. Elena is on the line right now. Good morning, Elena. Hi, Elena.
10: Good morning, good morning, Walt. Uh, Okay, a few things. I was going back and forth listening to your sister-brother station, Peter, and uh, Steve Danes was on. Uh I just wanted to see if he was getting any calls. He
2: wasn't. Uh-oh.
11: How
10: did you guys get him to take calls? I heard he did take some calls well,
2: we, from we, you guys. Well, we simply asked, and and when he came on, he was only on for about 15 minutes. So we, we, we had oh. one call at the very outset, and then... Uh, we had
7: him on for
2: a half hour. We, oh, we did. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. Nick. Yeah. yeah, he was on for a half hour. Yeah. Okay, so did we have, like, one or two <laughs> calls? No, uh, we had, like, four or five. Four or five. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. there you go.
7: Wow,
10: good for you. That's yeah. amazing. Anyway... <laughs>
4: <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah, I think they Go bribed back. him, Elena. no. no, no,
10: no, no, no. <laughs> oh, he's always in such a hurry. You know, I love the guy. Never mind. We will get... <laughs> going back to the income tax. Um, I want to say, or I'll ask you a question. Oh, two questions. Anyway, um, I'm sure you read the Federal Mafia by Irwin Schiff.
4: No, I haven't read that. Uh-uh. Oh, the Federal not Mafia.
10: Walt. The Federal Mafia by Irwin Schiff. And I'm sure you heard of Peter Schiff, who was Irwin's son. And he's a stockbroker and financial commentator. Uh Uh-huh. But anyway, uh, according to Irwin, and uh, when I was in Vegas, I knew him. Mm -hmm. And uh, he had a place right next to where I worked. But anyway, uh, in the book, he said, if the IRS ever, ever... comes down on you, uh, make sure you go to a real constitutional court and not the IRS court. Um, oh, are you talking
4: about tax court?
10: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'll ask you, how do you feel about that? And then the other thing... I heard that this year, the IRS is using artificial intelligence. weight, Prebiotics for digestion, superfoods
0: for muscles and joints, and several of the most powerful anti-aging supplements on Earth. It'll help you feel youthful, energized, focused, and help manage stress. Anybody can achieve great health, regardless of their age. Go to roundhouseprovisions.com. Use code SUPPORT or text SUPPORT to 511-511 and claim 40% off today. Every purchase comes with our 90-day money-back guarantee. Text Support to 511 511 Morning Kick. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
1: Tax fees may apply. Need
0: to replace your Social Security card? In most states, you can request one online with a My Social Security account. A My Social Security account gives you secure access to your personal earnings history and benefit status. You can also get a proof of income letter, estimate and apply for benefits, and more. Save time. Go online. Open a My Social Security account at ssa.gov myaccount. Social Security. Securing today and tomorrow. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense.
2: Hey, welcome back, everybody! Glad to have you along this morning. We have uh, we have Walt Kiro here in our in our studio this morning. One of our great assets here on uh, on Talkback. Here with us a couple times a month to uh, give you tax advice, especially since we're right in the middle of the tax season. Yeah, we're so,
4: just right at the front end of this so, now. Yeah, yes, go ahead. Uh, Elena called, and this is the last item from the federal level of the taxpayer bills of rights. Right. Bill of rights. The last item is taxpayers have a right to a fair and just tax system. Now it's okay; it's you can get justice uh, in the existing system, but the wild card here is the term "fair." And no, no matter who's saying it, you know, if you're Bernie Sanders or if you're a politician of sorts, whenever you start introducing the concept of fair and taxes together. I don't think that's possible. <laughs> okay. So whenever I see that, I just go, oh, you take it with a grain of salt. But nevertheless, that's in the taxpayer bill of rights. And so it's important to note. All right. So so you you have your. Oh, uh, oh, yes. We, we have
2: a caller. Jeff's back on the line. I'm sorry. I should have spotted that. Jeff, good morning. Welcome back. Go ahead.
8: Yeah, a quick question. I can actually a comment and a question Uh the uh, I, I, Do you do financial planning for people, Walter? Can you point them to, uh, to a place? Because Cody's situation, I mean, losing a house to taxes and things of that nature, just points out to me the, and I already knew it, but the importance of, of having a financial plan even early in life so that when you get to a certain age, you're not like his dad and depending on somebody's charity rather than having any resources of your
4: own. Right. And, uh, yeah, uh, that brings up. I do some financial planning, but I, I it's more limited to to that around uh, retirement and tax and and uh, you know th- those types of things, especially retirement. But what he's uh, you know uh, the thing here is uh, a lot of this comes in line with Dave Ramsey about you know getting out of debt and staying out of debt. A lot of times people go into bankruptcy or they're financially in trouble. Uh, one big reason is medical. And there's, you know, other issues such as uh, bad habits that people get into and if they're addicted, you know, they just lose their, lose their way. So, but you're right. How can you, you know, how can these people uh, get help? And they need help. And I think there's plenty of resources in Missoula that they can go to and 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 get help, whether it's uh, age the area age, agency on aging, and then there's some other low income uh, groups around that will help those people. Yeah, the, 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 United,
2: the United Way usually is a good place to start. They can at least rec- recommend someone.
4: Yeah, um, but it's something I don't run into very often. But uh, Jeff's right; uh, this, this, these folks need some help. Right.
8: Right, and and that leads into a second point I wanted to make, and uh, I don't know the details of it because I haven't probed it, but there's a couple up here who have a disabled son up in Polson, and they actually formed a company they uh, that provides uh, services to the disabled. Initially, it was just their son um but it allowed them to access resources from the state and the federal level that they couldn't do personally but that they could do through a company you know a company uh wholly owned by them but that uh, that they used to uh, access those resources and uh they've since branched out i know that uh, they have at least one other employee and uh, they they care for uh i would say a handful of people up here between the three of them um and but there's there's ways to do that um in terms of forming a corporation? I wish I knew the details so I could talk about it. but do you know anybody who might be able to uh to expound on that sort of thing so that uh you know if you're in Cody's position taking care of his dad that you know you form a company, you access these resources on behalf of your dad and uh and you can actually uh get paid
4: as well from from those resources because he is performing a service. He deserves
8: yeah. to get paid. Yeah, those. you
4: bet. You bet. And uh, I have, we have some clients that uh, uh, have adopted uh, kids through the foster kid program and some other things. And they have a company that they have formed to do that. And that has allowed them, like you say, Jeff, to get resources from the state. And and the state is all too willing to help with that because if those folks weren't doing that, they would be on Medicaid. And so it's a, it's a concept, well, if you pay uh, Joe Citizen, who has a father or, you know, has foster kids that they're taking care of, it's cheaper to pay. Joe citizen than to have them on Medicare or Medicaid and all those other things. So uh, I know it, it exists. I'm not super familiar with the workings of that. I, uh, you know, I just know from my clients what they've done.
8: Okay. But maybe a uh, Bob Seidenschwartz or somebody of that uh, genre could uh, come in uh, and talk to this sort of thing. Uh, because I think it's particularly those of us of a certain age um, who don't have the resources. I've run into several couples up here who going through medical treatments, had to move out of houses into apartments and then down to a smaller apartment because rents are going up. And I mean, it just breaks my heart to see it happen. Uh, and it's all because nobody ever told them that they had an option, and so they never even stopped to consider
7: it. So,
4: Yeah, one place I would go to, and you know, I don't know what it's like in Polson, but I know in Missoula, uh, there's a place called the District 11 Human Resource Council. And I would contact those folks uh, just as a, a start because they have the wherewithal and the knowledge because they're dealing with that kind of stuff all the time. And uh, they're really good people. I've worked with them for years, over the years. And uh, anyway, that uh, I know I think Polson might be part of the Human Resource Council out of Kalispell. I don't know the districts that well, but the District 11 Human Resource Council here in Missoula handles Mineral and Valley County as well. So, uh, you know, for people out there who are in those straits, that's where I would go. Okay, that was a District 11... Uh, resource Council? Yeah, Human Resource Council. Human Resource Council.
8: Okay. I hope that people who need it do actually take advantage of that because that, uh, you know, human suffering is real. And, and the more we can alleviate it, the better off we are.
2: So thanks. You bet. Thank and, you, Jeff. And, and thanks, thanks for bringing it up. Jeff, appreciate it. We're going to take a little break. Dave is waiting on the line. Dave, we'll get to your call in a moment. Seven other phone lines open, by the way, if you have a tax question for Walt Kiro, our resident CPA from Kiro, Byington & Associates here in Missoula. Just getting ready for the busy or the, the, the crazy season, are we? Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're, we're going to come right back with more, hopefully, your phone calls right after this. We are back on Talkback. I'm Peter Christian to questions over there taking your phone calls, producing Talkback this morning for Walt Kiro from Kiro Byington and Associates. And Dave is holding Dave. Good morning. You're on with Walt. Hi,
4: Dave.
12: Yeah, good morning. Uh, You know, it's rare that I get to talk about good news in my view, but, you know, Medicare has been hurting and, and and is in trouble, but, but, you know, Congress just passed a law and Biden signed it that gave medicare the right to uh competitive bid drugs and that's going to mean in my view a really great things for retirees and for the medicare itself it's supposed to save 300 billion dollars over 10 years and uh, it's about time they did it and i, I think retirees are going to benefit big time over that over that lot
4: yeah oh yeah i i hear you i just uh, went and got my Eliquis because I need Eliquis. It's prescribed for me, and that was like 700 bucks. So that kind of stuff ain't, isn't cheap. I was able to negotiate a little better price, but, yeah, uh, the drugs are a big problem. And uh, I, I have mixed feelings on that, Dave, because you look at the pharmacy companies, and if they have to spend a billion dollars on, on, like, drilling a hole for a new a new a new uh, prescription, uh, you know, that's a huge risk to take. And if it doesn't work out, well, then you just kind of write that off. So it, it's a two-edged sword. And, you know, God bless our system for creating incentives to do that research.
2: And you got to wonder how, how many how many drugs uh, are, are that are on the market right now uh, are let's say, let's say there's 100 new drugs on the market. There might have been a thousand or 10,000 drugs that have been cast aside because they didn't work. Yeah. And so and and, and the pharmaceutical companies, I'm sure as, as Dave knows, uh, invest all that money. Uh, they're betting on the come. They're 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 hoping that it will it will be a big seller. And then uh, because of all their losses, I'm sure they have to charge more for the ones that work. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
12: Uh, I, go ahead, Dave. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's that's the nature of all markets. You bet you build a hotel hoping people will come, and that's yeah. the nature of the whole system. But but you know I. I have to buy an EpiPen every year, mm-hmm. and the p- price of that has gone crazy, and it, there's no reason for that to, the prices to go up. Uh, epinephrine hasn't really changed in, in, you know, 30 years, but the price sure has. and That's just disgusting in my mind. They're just overcharging because they can.
4: Yeah, well, is it a, is it a function of supply and demand, or is it is it just manipulation?
12: Uh, it's mostly manipulation, in my view. Uh, there's just one company that it puts them out, and they have a they have a patent on the, on the pen itself, and so uh-huh. they can do what they want to do. Okay. And it,
4: well, hopefully, after 17 years, that comes off that that uh, patent. So, so hang in there, Dave.
12: <laughs> okay, I'll see. <laughs> I'm sorry.
2: Well, listen, best wishes to you, sir. I hope I hope everything gets uh, that you get through. Okay.
12: Sure, I'm fine at the moment. Good, good, okay, good to good. know.
2: Dave, <laughs> thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it, always. Yeah. Uh, Tom is up next. Tom, good morning. You are on TalkBack, sir. What's on your mind? Hi, Tom.
11: Yeah, good morning. Uh, um, well, uh, we've been living here in Montana since 2005, and uh, but uh, because my wife is a doctor and um, has a business in Santa Barbara, she's been commuting back and forth that entire time, and uh, we have an apartment building there, and uh, we keep that uh, one apartment for her while she's there working, and she's getting ready to finally retire. And um, that's actually our our primary residence. Although I'm a been a Montana resident since 2005, but uh, so we're getting ready to sell that. What's going to be the the impact of the capital gains uh, on selling that building? Uh, you, you know, finally, uh, because it is uh, actually. Uh, a lot of different complications here with our tax structure,
4: but uh, that's the primary residence you will be selling. Oh, okay. Uh, California does honor the sale of a primary residence that exclusion, and they pretty much follow the federal law. And uh, oh. if if is that primary? Well, since the primary residence it's owned by her,
11: yeah yeah that, that you know like I said, she has an LLC as their, their, their medical practice and uh, so you know that, that building's in her name, and uh, we have a couple other properties here in Montana, but that's actually you know our primary um, for, for tax purposes her primary residence
4: yeah, and you know a married couple, if they own and live in the house for two out of five years prior to the date of sale, they can exclude a half a million dollars of gain. But if only one person owns and lives in the house, then it's only a $250,000 exclusion. Now, uh, that applies to a personal residence. But if this personal residence uh, has other buildings to it that have an office building and whatnot, then you don't get that exclusion. That's a taxable event, just like selling an office building in downtown Missoula. Yeah. But well,
11: it it's not a, it's not a commercial building, it's an apartment building and we just have the one unit um you know to for her to live in while she's working in California. So you know, it's it's I guess a commercial building in the sense that it's an apartment building, but Yeah. Um, you know, it's there's no no office space or anything like that. She oh. she does not have
4: a, a
11: a a doctor's office. She's a a hospital doctor. Oh, uh,
4: okay. OK, good. Uh, but this, so she's living in this uh, multiplex apartment that she owns. Well, it should qualify for that two hundred and fifty thousand dollar exclusion. And well, California will honor it. But here's the bad news of California. They just upped their their tax rate from a max from 13 to 14 percent. And so you wonder, why on God's earth, uh, almost the whole country in terms of state taxes are going down. But California and I think New York has well, raised theirs. They're losing people. Yeah. And so, so this so is, is going mean, to add to that.
11: So we'll just have to pay the capital gains on uh, the the price we paid for the building
4: uh, as opposed to what we sell it for. Uh here's what would happen uh, it, and I'm just going to use hypothetical numbers. If she paid 350 for the building and or, and uh-huh. then she sells it for uh 600,000 and we'll just exclude yeah. the selling expense. I'm just using hypothetical numbers here, Tom. Yeah. She would have a $250,000 yeah, yeah. gain and that gain is totally tax free. Ah, I see. It's it's okay. the gain, so, not the sales price, that gets excluded Yeah, no, from the gain,
11: the, that's what I mean, the capital, and then capital gains are usually taxed at a lower rate than uh, than income, correct? Uh, uh,
4: yeah, uh, than ordinary income at the federal level. I, uh, you know, I I think California yeah. has some capital gains breaks, but they're not the same as Fed. Okay, yeah. So, uh, and is there any way to avoid that capital
11: gains, let's say we decide to... Um, buy something here in Montana, which is probably our, the idea is, uh, even in the house we we own here and make that our permanent residence and then buy another rental property here.
4: Sure. Yeah, you can do that. You'll, you, uh, uh has that, that two and five year rule applies every two years. So you can sell a residence in California and then, uh as long as you and your your wife moves up here, she starts living here, then that residence in in Missoula will qualify for the half a million dollars exclusion, assuming she's also a part owner in the property as long as you meet that two yeah. and five year rule test, you can do it every time you sell a house and use that exclusion okay. well, we've owned the yeah we've owned the property in in California for quite a while, so
11: anyway, yeah. well, thanks uh Thanks, Walt. Always oh, good to hear you on Wednesday. Oh so thanks, well, Tom.
4: thanks, Tom. And you know, uh, uh, of all the parts of California, uh, Santa Barbara is just gorgeous. Yeah, well, uh, you know, it's not like it used to be.
2: <laughs> oh no, no. <laughs> yeah. but, but then neither are we, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly.
4: Okay. Oh, is this guys. before or after Oprah? <laughs>
2: Tom, thanks for, thanks for the call, man. We're going to come right back. A one-minute timeout, and then we have about only about eight and a half minutes left. If you have a tax question and you're racing to the phone, uh, if you want to uh, get Walt's advice, give us a call, 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. We'll be back in one minute. Okay, we're back on Talk Back, 721-1290. That's the number. Phone lines are clear. You have a question, tax question for Walt Carroll. Give us a call at 721-1290. Now, you and I were just visiting uh, uh, over the break. Yes. About uh, I I have I have a little tiny itty bitty one man you know business yeah uh, I've I've had it for well over thirty years now mm-hmm. and it's just personal service I write commercial copy and do commercials for some stations all over the country yeah. and it's it's not big but it does help right right so uh uh every every time when I well does my taxes mm-hmm. to be perfectly t- transparent mm-hmm. so I I bring all of my my paperwork and it's really pretty simple yeah. Right? That's right. Yeah, but, but but what, what I do, uh, being, uh, if you will, the personal service, mm-hmm. it would be difficult for me to sell that to somebody.
4: Yeah, but if you had the right person, yeah. a person with your personality and voice and all that could buy Why that Nick? business. I sell there we something. go. There's Nick. <laughs> go ahead, yeah. Uh, but here's the concept. This is a good discussion in that. Your business has value because you've had customers for 30 years. Right. And they will stay if you create a transition. Now, is your business worth a lot? Mm, probably not, but it could be worth more than zero. Right. Because if you look at you, you have 30-year customers and they've been tried and true and you get 10000 a year from each of those. That becomes like an annuity. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about annuities earlier. Right, right. But somebody can acquire that annuity in the form of business and create value. And that value is what you could get, quote unquote, for your business. But if if your customers were not going to stay and they moved on, Well, then there's no value. But CPA firm, tax preparation firms are that way. Right. We have annuities and, you know, so on and so forth. And, uh, but we're unique. Now you can take a, like a law firm and most time law firms aren't worth squat because (laughs) their customers are usually one-time customers. And, you know, like tax returns, you do them every year. So once you're doing a business or service, on an annual basis that can create value
2: you bet okay now are there other things on the on the top 10 there that we haven't had a chance to talk
4: about well in the stack of stuff (laughs) yes the uh taxpayer advocate office produces a report once a year to give to congress and uh it's a huge report it's two three hundred pages long and it's got this and that and the other thing but i just grabbed what they call Appendix 1, and they have a list of recommendations to the IRS and to Congress to okay. implement. All right. And the taxpayer advocate is kind of a, a nice function. It's a go-to place in case you've hit, reached a dead end with the IRS. It's a go-between. Go yep. Anyway, here, I'm going to grab some of these recommendations. One is to elevate the importance of the taxpayer bill of rights by redesignating it as Section 1 of the Internal Revenue Code. Now, this uh, uh, works in perfectly with what Elena was trying to to bring up. And and also, uh, I think, Jeff with Colorado mm-hmm. is making the importance of the taxpayer bill of rights more prominent and more, you know, If you make it Section 1, the Internal Revenue Code, that's going to get some attention. Now, how long, I don't know, but it would. And uh, there's also a, a second thing in the recommendation is require the IRS to timely process claims of credit or refund. In other words, if you file an amended return or you have a claim for a refund for whatever function that it is, they should get a priority. But right now, they're not getting a priority.
2: All right, now, real real quick, we have exactly two minutes left. So mm-hmm. uh, if you wouldn't mind, for folks who are just sitting down to prepare their taxes, and they don't have a business, and they don't, you know, not a realtor or any of that kind of thing, just a simple tax return, what kind of things do they need to do it properly?
4: Well, to, uh, okay, good question. The thing is, is uh, uh, the best thing to do is have a, a system in place to capture that, Data and like you were talking at the beginning of the show, Peter, uh, you're saying you're almost ready, but we're waiting on W twos and whatnot. Right, right. You just have a file folder, whether and you put 2024 on it for next year, or you have one for 2023. Just as information comes in, you throw it in. Just it. throw it in that file yeah. folder because right. then you're organized. Not as good as you should be, but it's a big <laughs> step because if you get paper and mail in uh, from day to day, and if you don't have a, a, a method of putting, a, putting that away in a certain organization or file, it's all over the place. And, uh, you know, uh, 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 sometimes come, come, come
2: April 10th.
4: Yeah, you've get-
2: got the oh, oh, my gosh! I've only got four days or five days to get this, all, and and then you're tearing the place apart. You're tearing your hair. You're yelling. And all, and it,
4: it's not pleasant. No, it's not. <laughs> and uh, I, I I just happen to think of this. You've heard the concept of herding cats, right? Well, if your paperwork is scattered all over creation and your house or your apartment, and you don't know where it is, just because of that's life, then you're herding. It's like herding cats. Finding that information.
2: Give us some contact information for Walt Cure. Okay, you you
4: can reach me at 406-549-2288. You can also reach me at Carol Byington CPAs. Our website is kb, as in boy, cpas.net. Best way to reach us. Great. Walt, always a pleasure. Thank you. Oh, one other place you can reach me is through Dave Ramsey, Ramsey Trusted. Okay, Nick, what's coming up on tomorrow's fabulous
2: program, sir? Uh, We're going to have Bob Seidenchorts and Peter Stark, continuation of our American History series with a primary focus on immigration. Have a great day, everybody. Stay warm, and we'll see you tomorrow.